We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Last mailbag question here, and then we'll get to the live chat for you guys that are watching along at home. Last question comes from Matthew Slaughter asking, we are really going to need a top tier tight end soon. Sadiq may be the one, but who are we in on if he is not? No disrespect, but I am not seeing one in this recruiting class. Yeah, so the tight end room, a little bit interesting right now. After this season, you probably aren't going to have any more Terrence Ferguson. Uh, I think he's probably going to be heading to the NFL draft as one of the better tight ends in the Pac-12 and on the West Coast. But Casey Kelly could come back for another year. The junior transfer from Ole Miss, 6'3", 245 pounds. We really don't know what he looks like or what he's going to be able to do for the Ducks because he just doesn't have a whole lot of tape from Ole Miss. He was primarily like a blocking, run-blocking tight end. So if you take Terrence Ferguson out, maybe you have uh, Patrick Herbert for another year. I know he's been at Oregon for a long time, but he's gotten super banged up. So I would imagine that he has a little bit of extra eligibility coupled with the COVID year. Um, but other than that, Kenyon Sadiq looks like he's really intriguing coming out of the state of Idaho. He he made a couple of plays in the spring game and has some good buzz in fall camp. But he is a little bit undersized. He needs to add some weight to his frame. And then you have Caden Ludwig, who comes over from Colorado, and I think he was a linebacker recruit. So we don't even know how comfortable he is at the position right now, and he is a pretty young guy. But like I said earlier on in this episode, Oregon does have three tight ends committed here in the 2024 class. I think the the one that's the most recognizable from a recruiting ranking standpoint is A.J. Pugliano, and he's an in-state three-star out of North Medford. So I think he's a guy that you have to keep an eye on, and maybe he can can exceed expectations. Jackson Ford out of Texas, six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. He used to play quarterback before he started playing more tight end. Also played defensive line, so he's super athletic, and I think that he's a guy Oregon fans could definitely see rise on the recruiting trail from a stock standpoint. And then you have Cade Catton, Cade Caton, still need to figure out how to say his name out of Manville, Texas, six foot five and a half, two hundred and fifty pounds. So He's an interesting guy that I want to learn a little bit more about that Oregon has committed here in the 2024 class. But there are some tight ends here. I don't think that Oregon maybe has that that All-American, that guy that really pops off the page and catches your eye. But uh, keep in mind, they, they could also look at the transfer portal after this season to see what kind of options pop up there. Or maybe one of these top 24 tight ends decommits 
and then Oregon's able to get in the mix. You never know. So I agree. Oregon needs to kind of prioritize the tight end position and, and figure out where things stand there. But I think they still have some, some good options and we can't write off these guys in the 2024 recruiting class until they get to campus. And not that I plan on writing them off, but we got to see what they got. That's all I'm saying. So appreciate the question, Matthew. All right. So now the moment you've all been waiting for, let's get to some of these questions in the live chat. If you guys have uh, an additional question, throw it my way and I'll do my best to answer it. Probably going to be going for about another 15 minutes here on today's episode. We are on YouTube and still rolling. Um, also wanted to give you guys a heads up. I am going to be on Fox Sports Eugene tomorrow uh, for their game day show. So as you guys know, I'm doing weekly recruiting hints over on Fox Sports Eugene. And I think that my portion is supposed to come on around 10, 15 a.m. So if you find yourself listening to the radio, uh, they are, according to their Twitter page, KORE 10:50 a.m. 102.9 FM Eugene slash Springfield. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And then I'll also have my hit here on YouTube and on the Ducks Dish podcast. Super excited for that. And uh, yeah, let's just keep it rolling. Bud with the question, thoughts on Utah football team after last night's game? Man, Kyle Whittingham is one hell of a coach. I feel like I've been saying that for a long, long time. I've, I made the mistake of maybe not buying too into the Utah hype last year, but I am all in on, U on Utah. I've been a big supporter of Utah this whole summer going into the season. Uh, they made Florida look terrible yesterday and Florida was looking super sloppy and the fact that they were able to get that win over an SEC team is great for the Pac-12 it's great for them they didn't have Cam Rising and they were able to get some of those backups like Nate Johnson involved and Bryson Barnes had a really good play that 70-yard touchdown on the first play of the game Utah's for real Utah is absolutely for real I think we already knew that going into the season, but Cam Rising's injury makes it a little bit of a question mark. I think he tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State, so we need to see when he's going to be able to return. But if they don't have Rising and they can get that kind of a game out of Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson, I think that they're going to be all right. They're 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 always solid on defense, and uh, they, they also have some new weapons like Micah Pittman on that offense. So, I think they're going to be all right, and I think that they're going to go pretty far in the Pac-12. All right, another one from Bud that I had starred, Mailbag, which Duck recruits have announced commitment dates, and when are they? I think the only commitment date that we have right now is for 2024 Yelm Washington linebacker Braden Platt. He's going to be announcing his college decision on Monday, September 4th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific on the 247 Sports YouTube channel. Uh, so make sure that you tune into that one. Nick P. says, My prediction is Oregon has two Pac-12 losses, Utah and USC. I've been thinking about this question as well, just Oregon's record going into the year. Uh, I just did a prediction over on Spencer McLaughlin show on Locked on Ducks. So go make sure you guys check that one out. And I think I said Oregon was only going to lose one game. And that one was to Washington on the road in Seattle. And I had them winning over Utah and USC. 
And I think the reason that I said that is because Oregon, no one's really, not no one, people rarely win in Salt Lake City against the Utes. Oregon in particular hasn't beaten the Utes in Salt Lake City in Rice-Eccles Stadium since 2016 with Justin Herbert in that 4-8 and eight season. So I think that I'm buying Oregon stock. I'm putting my my confidence in Dan Lanning and Bo Nix that they're going to be able to get that team ready, get that team right, and they're going to be able to go into Utah and come away with a win. I think that is a huge opportunity for a statement. And then as for USC, I think that's going to be a tough game, no doubt about it. But again, putting my confidence in Dan Lanning and the Ducks, I think Oregon's going to have the better defense between those two teams. And with two really, really good quarterbacks, you could definitely make the argument that USC has the edge there with Caleb Williams. I think it's going to come down to who can get some stops. I think it's going to come down to who can get some takeaways in that game, Oregon against USC. And I'm giving Oregon the edge there. So that'll be those will be some fun games to watch for sure. Question from Wink. Question is, hey, Max, what do you think is the total number of players we take in this year's class? This is an interesting one because Oregon already has 22 players and there's more guys that they want to add from the high school ranks. And you know there's going to be players that Oregon adds from the transfer portal. So that being said, what do they want to do from a number standpoint here in the 2024 recruiting class? Just knowing off the top of my head which guys they're still in on, which guys they have a chance for, and kind of where they want to address some needs still this cycle I'm going to say maybe like 27 if we're just looking at the high school guys. Keep in mind they've signed at least 10 guys out of the transfer portal each of the last two off seasons. So if we're just looking at um, at high school guys, I'm, I'm going to give them about five more spots. I think they add another running back, whether that be Jason Brown Jr. or uh, somebody out of the transfer portal. I think they add at least one more wide receiver. I know they're still involved with Jeremiah McClellan. They're going to keep recruiting him um, and maybe Roger Saliapaga, like I mentioned. So I think one more wide receiver of some sort is is definitely on the wish list for them. I think they want one more off, at least one more offensive lineman, but that's where you kind of get a little bit murky. You got Brandon Baker, who you're still going after. Can they get him back on campus for an official visit? You got to see. Uh, Jordan Seaton out of IMG Academy, really, really gifted offensive lineman. And you also have Eddie Pierre-Louis out of Tampa, Florida, an interior guy that maybe could be Oregon's uh, premier option at center, depending on how he stacks up against Devin Brooks, who is also an interior guy that's committed to Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class out of Clackamas. So that's at least three guys right there. Um, I think you probably want to get at least one more linebacker. For my money, that's going to be Platt on Monday. So that's up to four now. And then um, maybe you take another corner, Sione Laulea. I don't really know if that's going to happen yet. I haven't put my prediction, but I think that that's someone that Oregon would really like to get. And then I also have to mention one more defensive lineman. Is it Aiden Breland? Is it Jericho Johnson? So 27, 28, that sounds super high. But just with how much we saw the roster turned over this offseason, I bet I would not be surprised if there's a certain number of guys, some recruits in this class where they say, hey, that guy is special, 
He needs to be in Eugene. Take him, and we'll figure out the numbers later. So I don't know who those guys are just yet. Maybe I have an idea in my head, but I'm not going to share that today. So we shall see. But good question. Uh, I like that one for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's see what we got here. Um, all right. Um, Micah time. What's up, Micah time? He says, I'm late. Any updates on the running back recruits? I don't think there's anything too new to update Micah with, uh, with the running back recruits here in 2024. I think it's, it's Jason Brown jr. And if they don't go with him, maybe they go with somebody out of the transfer portal. I think that, I think that the transfer portal option kind of seems more likely the more I think about it. Just when you look at that room after this year, let's look at this room, the running back room in 24, assuming Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington are both gone. You have Jordan James coming back as your number one. Then you have Dante Dowdell and Jaden Lamar, probably both going to redshirt this year. We'll have to see um, more confident in Lamar redshirting than, than Dowdell. And then you also have Dejon Riggs, who comes in as a true freshman. Do you only want one experienced back? I don't know. I feel like you can definitely do yourself a favor by bringing in more experience and production out of the transfer portal. So that kind of makes sense. Or maybe you take Jason Brown Jr. and, and Dejon Riggs, thinking at least one of those guys can play early. Neither of them really stick out to me in, in that sense, but running back is a position that, that Carlos Laughlin has been shown to get guys involved early, looking at Jordan James as our perfect example. So we'll have to see, but that's kind of just my two cents today, Friday, September 1st, on the running back recruits. Tony L. Barber with a question. Appreciate the question, Tony. Thanks for being here. Are we going to beat USC in recruiting for 2024? That's a great question. Um, I feel like it's too early to say right now. 
um, here in the 24 cycle. Because USC is Oregon's main West Coast recruiting rival, right? We, we all know that. So Oregon 22 commits, number 13 class in the country. USC 15 commits, number 17 class in the country. I will say for some thoughts on USC's class, I don't cover USC recruiting, obviously, but being out here in Southern California, I feel like I do get around a lot of these guys. Marcellus Williams at Bosco, Xavier Jordan at Sierra Canyon and Chatsworth, Ryan Pelham at Milliken here in Long Beach. I think that one thing that I've realized with Lincoln Riley and USC and Lincoln Riley's first recruiting cycle, it really felt like he was kind of just writing off high school and he was really looking hard at the transfer portal. And that was a clear reason why they were able to play so well last year and turn around so quickly. But now I'm seeing a little bit more of a recruiting emphasis in the high school ranks for Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans. Their class is headlined by Cameron Fountain, four-star edge rusher out of Booker T. Washington in Atlanta, Georgia. And they even reached out into Florida for Jason Zandamella, interior offensive lineman out of Clearwater Academy International. But I don't know. I think I think it's too early to say here for, for Oregon versus USC in 2024 because USC still has a lot of room from a number standpoint, and Oregon doesn't. But the guys that Oregon is still going after, I think that those guys are going to carry significant weight in the recruiting rankings, whether it's Jason Brown Jr., like I talked about. He's really highly rated. Braden Platt is really highly rated. Really, really highly rated. You're looking at a guy like Aiden Breland in the 24 class. And um, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough guys that I see them taking as of right now. As of right now, I'm, I would give the edge to USC, even though Oregon has the higher ranking. Um, just because USC has so much more room. And I know that they're still recruiting some pretty high-profile guys. So I'm not confidently saying USC. But just as I break it down right now, I think I'm going to go ahead and give USC the edge there. Let's see. All right, we got cash out win. Everybody hit the like button. The duck community is growing. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the comment. Exploring with Ben and Sam. Lots of duck emojis. Less than 24 hours till game time. Let's go. Man, I'm getting so excited. I hope I can watch some of the game tomorrow. It's on Pactold Network, so we know that's not going to be easy. But uh, if you guys want to subscribe to Fubo or do like a free trial, I think you can catch the game uh, with Fubo. I think they're carrying it. So just a note there. Exploring with Ben and Sam, hashtag bodacious. Playboy1625 asks, could 2025 be a big year for the state of Oregon? There could be some big names coming out. Yeah, I think let's let's look at the state of Oregon in 2025. Um, I think I might already actually have that tab pulled up. Give me a second here. Okay. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I I'm using 247's database as my profile, as my baseline, but I don't see any 2025 Oregon guys that have been offered. So I'm not super sure. Um what they're going to do as far as state of Oregon guys in 2025. Um, I think that Ansu, Ansu Sanu, he's a 2026 guy out of Lake Ridge High School in Lake Oswego. He's visited Oregon before. He's a top 100 guy. 
uh, that made his debut in the 247 rankings. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I need to look a little bit more and see what other names there are in the state of Oregon. But as of right now, I'm not really sure. Andrew with a question. Max, do you think there's any Ducks currently committed that could snag a coveted fifth star by the end of the season? MVB Michael Van Buren looked rough game one, so I don't see that. Not sure who else could pull it off. Yeah, looking at Oregon's commits right now, to to get five-star status, you'd have to make a pretty sizable jump. As of right now, I think that Jaquan McRoy is the best chance at doing that from a ranking standpoint. He's number 58 nationally and number three at his position. But even so, that's pretty far out. Um, so I, I'm just trying to think of who could who could do that for Oregon that's already committed. Um, I think another part that factors into it is the level of competition that they're playing and the production. Um, I think Dylan Gresham is going to be a pretty big riser for Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class. Braden Platt is a 70 is ranked number 72 nationally, according to the, the 247 sports composite, um, or the, the top 247. Let me, let me take a look at the 247 composite and see if, if that makes it any less of a jump. No, in the two, in the 247 sports composite, Oregon doesn't even have anybody in the top 60 or actually where's McCroy? Um, come on. Well, I think Jaquan McCroy is probably the best, best chance. Maybe you got Dakota fields. He's a top guy for the ducks committed out of Gardena, Sarah corner, play some really good competition. Uh, maybe Aaron flowers out there in the state of Texas. Maybe he can make some noise and make a jump up the rankings. But right now he's outside the top 100, I believe. So it's going to be tough. Um, I don't think that Michael Van Buren's only a five-star on ESPN. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard. Debbie with a question, explain to me how the rankings work, please. For example, MVB went from four-star to a three-star on 247, but ESPN had him as a five-star. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this with as much respect as I can. I don't really buy into ESPN's rankings. Um, I just don't think that they have as much of a presence as 247, Rivals, and On3. I think all of those outlets have a stronger presence on the ground at high school football games on a weekly basis. ESPN does run the uh, UC report camp in conjunction with Under Armour. So I think they kind of put a lot of their rankings, put a lot of stock in their rankings in those camps. I've been to those camps before, but I the reason that I tend to defer to 247 rivals and on three, a newer outlet is because they have more of a presence at games on Fridays, which is really when the reps count and when you can get your best look at a guy and project how he's going to transition to the next level. So I can tell you that the composite is the, the ranking system that takes into account all the major services. So it takes in 247, Rivals, um, on three, and ESPN. But to me, I personally really don't put a lot of stock in ESPN's rankings. That's why I always defer to 247. 
Raymond, looking forward to hearing about what is still to come, but it is hard to put the game Saturday in the back of my thoughts. Yeah, we're less than 24 hours away now, folks, so it's going to be super fun. I'm going to have a photographer at the game, so I'm super excited to see how those photos turn out. I'm going to see Dylan Williams tonight in Long Beach Poly versus Mission Viejo. couple of big-time prospects at Mission Viejo. You have 2025 five-star wide receiver Philip Bell, who transferred over from Christian Brothers, I want to say it was, in Sacramento. was going to go to Alamany, and then he ended up at Mission Viejo. And then you also have Dijon Lee, who is a huge six-foot-three corner. I believe he is the number one cornerback in the country for 2025. He also plays at Mission Viejo, so I'm excited to get eyes on him after seeing him take home some awards at the UC Report Camp in Mission Viejo earlier this spring. All right, I'm almost out of here, guys. Do me a favor. You got to make sure you're following me on the socials at Sports on Twitter, on Instagram. That's the best way to get my updates. Read all of my work over on DucksDigest.com. That's where I have my recruiting updates, um, my scoop, Taurus's take, you know, all that good stuff. And then subscribe to my YouTube channel here at Oregon Football, Max Taurus. We're trying to just keep running those numbers up. And uh, doing the pod five days a week, so you guys always have plenty of duck talk for you uh, between games. Portland State kick things off tomorrow, and then you got Oregon going into the Lone Star State Big 12 country to Lubbock to face former duck Tyler Shuck. Love saying that. I'm going to say it a million times next week. But uh, before we get out of here, do me a favor and share the podcast with your friends, family, and other duck fans. It has been awesome having another live mailbag with you guys. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with me, to talk some duck crouton with me. You know I love it. So appreciate the support. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Duck.